Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mbliwa Gavaza, and for today, uh, we're getting into a conversation, um, you know, a technology conversation, and, uh, you know, now from an enterprise point of view, and we are joined by the team from Soho, and, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to be understanding a little bit around, um, you know, what they've been doing, um, you know, around the world, and particularly in uh, the South Africa and the African uh, context. Um, I hear that they recently became a billion dollar uh, company and uh, not a billion dollars by valuation, but rather billion dollars by revenue, um, you know, which is uh, quite an achievement, um, you know, especially for a company that is still um, privately held. So to help us to understand, um, you know, everything that's going on, we are joined by Andrew Bourne, um, who, to, who um, you know, to my understanding, looks after um you know zoho in the region and he's going to be explaining to us uh, just now what that actually means what it's about and then also just getting into conversation just around you know some of the areas that they are invested in and, and are investing in when it comes to the local market so andrew greetings to you today great thank you for having me a little bit about zoho you know for people that may not have um, encountered the platform before i'm sure that uh, those that are in corporate circles uh, you know will likely have interacted with at least one of your platforms at uh, you know some point or another yes so zoho is a global technology company we've been around for more than 25 years um, we've built more than 55 business applications to run various parts of, of the business. Uh, we've got customers in more than 150 countries in the world, and we've got more than 90 million users that trust and use our technology. And we've also got more than uh, 12,000 employees globally. Um, and so Zoho builds this connected ecosystem of business applications where you can pick and choose the applications that you need and then plug them together to have like a unified um, connected ecosystem of business applications. Um, when it comes to enterprise software and systems, there's a lot of jargon that tends to be thrown around. Um, ERP, CRM, um, and the like. Uh, on that continuum, you know, where do you guys, uh, you know, place yourselves in terms of uh, the various uh, applications that you guys have? So one of our flagship applications is Zoho CRM, which is your customer relationship management. And that application becomes kind of the centerpiece of your business. All the other applications then plug into it so that you have one central view of your customer, which is really important for customer experience. And so we've got other applications like Zoho surveys. You can do surveys with Zoho campaigns. You can do your marketing mass emailing with. You can do Zoho Sign for Digital Signatures, Zoho Desk for Customer Support. There's Zoho Books to run your finance um, and and 50 of these applications. And so centered around that, that CRM is, is all these other functional applications, but we're also on the journey to become a full ERP. And some customers have actually built an ERP on one of our platforms as a service. It's called Zoho Creator. That's an application where you can actually build custom applications. We call it a, um, a platform as a service. And so companies are able to go into that and build a very unique uh, application that you can use on mobile or on browser. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, a, it's just a very powerful tool set. 
All right. There's a lot to, you know, unpack when it comes to, you know, these types of uh, these types of applications. Uh, for now, I'm going to, you know, park it for a moment to maybe get a sense of your uh, specific role over at uh, Zoho. Earlier on, I introduced you saying that you look after the region. Uh, but when we talk about the region, what are we, you know, actually talking about? Okay, so I was the first employee to be hired for Africa. And uh, so my, my official designation is regional manager for Africa. I have a very strong focus on South Africa because South Africa is our biggest market in Africa and our second biggest market in Middle East and Africa. Um, and so I manage all operational functionality of the office. I set up the Cape Town office for them. I um, was doing a lot of business development in the beginning, you know, helping customers, um, selling Zoho to a lot of new customers that we have now. But now I'm in more of an operational role um, overlooking the various departments that we have in South Africa. We've got a country manager for our Kenya office as well as our Nigeria office. Um, and those offices are also growing uh, quite substantially. And we've just recently actually expanded our Johannesburg office. We had a small uh, shared office space and now we're moving into a more permanent office space in Johannesburg. So we, we see some really good growth as far as the, uh, the Zoho um, investment uh, in the country. Um, it certainly sounds like it because I think in the current environment, um, especially when you look at uh, the debates that companies are currently having around, you know, work from home and, you know, investments when it comes to a physical presence and the like, um, it certainly probably means that Zoho has been growing, you know, for it to actually say they want to put down some proper roots, um, you know, in a place like Joburg, um, I guess that's an indication, you know, for us there last week i had uh, an opportunity to attend you know a a conference um you know that uh, zoho had um i i believe it was uh, it was in melrose and um you know at the time you know there were a number of different stakeholders that you guys were were hosting at the time um you know customers and the like are you able to share um, you know, any of, uh, you know, some of the customers that you might have, especially some of the bigger names um, uh, that uh, people in corporate and investment circles might be familiar with? Yes, definitely. And I think it's quite important, you know, when, when a technology, a global technology co uh, company comes to a region, a lot of people want to know, well, who's using your technology? Um, and so the ones that we have brand reference consent is for um, PayFast. So PayFast use a number of our technology to run their business. Um, we've also got the city of Johannesburg. Um, we've got Quicket, the ticketing agency. So a lot of people that go to events might have bought tickets through Quicket. Um, we've also got RSA Web, which is an internet service provider in Cape Town, and they've been voted the best internet service provider two years in a row for Cape Town. Um, we've also got Body20, which is that fitness um, franchise. Um, and we've also got a company called Yellow, which is actually quite interesting. Yellow, they provide a smartphone and um, solar systems to rural communities in East Africa, mainly Uganda, Malawi. And what they've done is they've built their business applications on Zoho Creator. So they've got their logistics application they've built there, their finance application is on there, um, various different applications that they've built. And they built their first application within one day. Um, and, and so Yellow is quite a, a really nice case study. And we've got videos online where people can actually go and watch how these customers like PayFast and Yellow and RSA Web use Zoho's technology. 
All right. Um, and from that point of view, at least, at least we then have an understanding of some of the people that are using the technology. And right now, I was hoping to maybe ask you one of those philosophical questions uh, that tends to be asked in these discussions. Maybe go down the weeds a little bit, uh, you know, for, for, for the geeks out there. ERP systems, right? The history of them is quite varied depending on uh, what sector you're looking at. But over the decades, um, I think SAP, you know, built its its name and its reputation around that ability to say, we are going to create systems that will help you to run your entire organization from beginning to end, whether it's uh, marketing, customer relations, um, you know, HR, accounting, payrolls, we will you know, we have something for you. If we don't have it, we will make it for you. As long as you're willing to pay, you know, we 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 can make it. Uh, we can make it happen. Maybe you could give us a little bit of a sense right now around where people are standing, particularly in a market like South Africa. Um, are people still sitting at that? I guess that legacy mindset where you have one provider that you sort of entrust with your entire organization. Um, or, you know, where do we sit or do we have people that are saying, okay, cool, we're going to go and, you know, maybe carve out a a holistic system that works from us by taking out the best pieces, you know, from different providers. We like what Zoho is doing, you know, around this and that. So we'll, we'll cherry pick, you know, that from their systems. And then for the other parts of our business, we'll go and we'll get, um, you know, something like that. And then I guess on the other side of that spectrum, you have people that literally sit and say, we're going to have an IT department and that IT department is literally going to sit and create our own internal bespoke systems. So what are you seeing in the market? So what I'm seeing is it's a lot easier for your small to medium enterprises to fully digitize. And by that, I mean, it's easy for them to go and find a solution like Zoho and completely move away from 10 different vendor applications and move all into Zoho and use, you know, 20 plus of Zoho's applications. It's quite easy for them to to make the transition. The bigger the company goes, the more employees it has. It takes longer for them to migrate onto onto a platform like Zoho. Um, but we've seen companies that have, like you said, legacy systems that were built by the IT department or by a IT firm. They are looking to transition those onto like a Zoho Creator because Zoho Creator being a platform as a service, they can replicate those applications on Zoho Creator, but the security layer and the privacy layer, the GDPR and the public compliance is all built in there. And that's why Creator is quite a powerful application because the foundation is there. You've got the security, you've got the privacy, and then you go and build on top of it. So platform as a service or this low-code platform is 10 times cheaper to maintain. It's 10 times quicker to deploy and build a new application. And it's 10 times um, you know, uh, more affordable to to build it and then obviously I'll maintain it, like I said. So um, we've got companies like Tesla you know, that, that, that use uh, Zoho Creator. So these applications have high security, high privacy focused. Um, and then to kind of also add to the whole digital transformation, um, 
like you said, you know, these other big listed companies will say, listen, if whatever you want, we will build. And Zoho is the same. We can do it. You know, we've got the applications and then we've also got Zoho Creator. We've got Zoho Catalyst, which is, is more of infrastructure as a service. We've got Zoho IoT department, which is the Internet of Things for managing smart devices. Um, we've got our own AI department. So it's quite incredible to see the the, the breadth and, and um, of Zoho's skill set. And we've also got a sister company called Manage Engine, which has a lot of um, on-premise um, management tools uh, for businesses. So it's a very broad um, product offering. And so, like I said, you know, um, we're very similar to those big listed companies. The thing that Zoho has that I think is a, is a huge advantage is it's far more user-friendly. So if you as a company or business owner want to take on Zoho, it's going to be far easier for your staff to actually configure and customize Zoho's applications than it would for them to do, you know, like a SAP or an Oracle. Um, uh, and so that we've seen has been a big, big benefit, uh, benefit for companies. And I was speaking to the, the deputy head of digital for the city of Joburg, and he was saying to me how amazing it is that internal government officials can configure these applications and they don't have to rely on phoning an IT department, you know, every time they need to make adjustments to the technology. And I like the fact that, you know, you, 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 you bring up that interaction with the city of Joburg because, um, one of the things I was also then keen to understand on your level, you know, in these organizations that you guys have cu as customers, you 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 named a couple of them earlier on. Um, right now, we're using the example of the city of Johannesburg. You also mentioned the likes of PayFast. The likes of PayFast, those are technology-led companies, uh, whereas a city of Joburg, you know, sort of a... Uh, an older type of institution, you know, that is probably working its way through, yeah, you know, that, that digital transformation journey. You probably have a lot of legacy systems, you know, that, uh, that have been used to manage, you know, various aspects of the city, um, you know, you know, over the years. Who are those conversations being had with, right? Um, yeah, the, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the question, yeah. So, I mean, we're having conversations with many different types of organizations. We've got massive large retail to government departments. It could also be like we've got uh, municipalities that make use of Zoho's technology. But I think specifically to talk about the city of Joburg, they use it for citizen communication. So they use, they use Zoho Desk, which is our customer support platform. And Zoho Desk is very powerful because it takes all your communication channels and it allows you to manage it from one place. So if you get emailed uh, on your company email address, it comes into Zoho Desk and it creates a ticket. It creates an ID number for that, for that communication. Then if you get WhatsApps, it creates an ID number for that communication. And what that allows, and, and let me go through all the channels. So you've got your, your WhatsApp, your Telegram, your email. You've got a live chat on your website. You've got forms on your website. You can have, um, what is the other channel? Um, your telephony. So even when phone calls come in, it can create a ticket. Um, and what that allows is management can then see all the communications that are coming into one place. They can also manage how long it takes for staff to respond to those people. And there's nice dashboards which allow the staff to also see what their average response time is to tickets. You can have a little server that goes out once you close a ticket. Um, then customers can, or citizens can give you a happiness rating. That's also then shown on a dashboard. Um, and they really like that because it allows them to make sure that they, cut, they, that they respond to every query that comes in. 
If you're just using an email inbox, things get lost. They go to spam. Things get deleted by mistake. You know, it's very difficult to, to manage all those, you know, communication queries in one place. And Zoho Desk does that incredibly well. Um, so you can use it for citizen communication. You can also use it for communication between auditors, you know, to make sure that every communication is dealt with. Every communication has an ID number. Um, and you can see, gee, this, this, this ticket here that's, you know, 1475 has been open for more than 48 hours. Why is it taking so long for someone to respond? And you can have escalations based on how long a ticket's been open for or how long uh, it's taken for someone to actually respond within that ticket. Uh, so that's the one thing. The other thing that City of Joburg started using uh, in the beginning was Zoho Forms. Very simple form builder, but they allowed people to do job applications um, at the municipalities. And historically, people in the townships would have to go and print their CV somewhere, then go and take a taxi to the municipality, go and put their CV and job application into a box. And they would be concerned whether it actually would be looked at or whether it actually gets to the to the you know the right person. Whereas City of Joga have now got a form where they can actually fill in their details, they can upload and take photos of their CV and submit for jobs. And that saves people so much time from having to take a taxi, travel with bad weather. You know, they've got actually a story of a lady um, who explained how you know, how long it would take her to get to the municipality to even just do a job application. And now with Zoho Forms and the city of Joburg, she can easily just submit for that. And I think that's a huge step in the right direction um, with regards to digitization within government institutions. Okay, cool. And the, and, uh, the strategy around um, the, orga the organizations that you guys are dealing with, right? Who are the decision makers that you guys then engage with when it actually comes to, because at some point someone has to sit and actually make a decision to say, these are the parts of the parts of our process, parts of what we're doing that we need um, revamped or relooked at, um, you know, whatever it is. Who's making that decision that you guys are interacting with? So within the, the companies that we interact with, it's usually the CTO or the CIO, you know, that's your chief technology officer, your chief information officer. But for the smaller businesses, it's, it's usually someone that's been appointed to head up the IT, whether it's one of the directors or the business owner. And um, to actually just bring into this conversation or this topic, um, when companies need to implement Zoho in their business, um, Zoho comes as a blank canvas. So you can mold it to many different types of businesses. And we call that the, the configuration or the customization and the implementation. And you have a few ways of doing it. You can either teach yourself. You can go onto Zoho's website. You can watch videos. You can teach yourself on exactly how it works. It's quite simple. I did it myself. And I have no tech background, no coding studies at all. And I actually integrated more than 15 of Zoho's apps into my business before I joined Zoho. But um, you can either do it yourself or you can go and find a freelancer. So that's why I'm really excited about upskilling people because there's a lot of demand for freelancers that can come into a business and help with the customization and configuration. Then we've also got local Zoho partners. And these are IT firms that resell Zoho and do the customization and configuration. And those people will be the ones that come and uh, actually there's a third one. Also, Zoho has its own um, professional services team. So if a large, large enterprise needs needs some serious manpower, you know, Zoho's got more than 12,000 employees globally and we've got, you know, 
hundreds of um, employees that we can leverage or developers we can leverage or for big implementations. Um, and so those are your opportunities. You go out and you can become a freelancer or build your own, you know, Zoho consulting partner business. And you would consult with people that want to have technology and you would find out their business processes and map it out for them and tell them which apps are going to help them achieve what they need to achieve. All right. Now that we've reached, you know, this point in the conversation, we have an understanding of um, who is uh, who you guys are engaging with, uh, because I think over the years it had been, you know, one of those big debates, you know, to say who's making the technology decision, how important are they, are they relegated to an IT department, or have they become mission critical where um, these decisions are being made at a C-suite level, you know, the you know that's where that um, important importance comes from because we are a business platform we do have to ask you know how business uh, has been going um you know for zoho in south africa um at least earlier on you did share you know some of your clients and you've just shared you know um i guess the case study of uh, the city of johannesburg and how they're using your various technologies uh but whatever you can share with us uh, in addition just around uh, whatever measures of uh, business success you can share with us that would be great yeah so i mean i joined zoho a little less than four years ago as the first employee in africa and um, we've looked at the stats now and we've grown in south africa alone five times in the last five years um, and we've got new business growth of 73 percent and that's an incredible growth for a country. Um, you know, uh, we've got the average growth is 43% in Middle East and Africa. So you can see how, how South Africa is growing at such a faster level. And I put it down to people wanting more affordable technologies. Um, a lot of the people that do come to us, they come because they've got technologies that are costing them a lot of money. And Zoho comes in at not only just an affordable price, but also fixed in RANDs. We're one of the few global technology companies that will bill you in rands and our pricing stays fixed in rands. We're not going to charge you dollars. You don't have to worry about the exchange rate. And that's a very powerful um, you know, positive for companies in South Africa with obviously the, the fluctuation of the currency. Um, but also, if we look at what people are being charged in South Africa, it's highly discounted to, to the price that we're charging, let's say, our U.S. market. So Zoho is really out there to make technology affordable to, to people, especially in emerging markets. And our pricing structure of Zoho One is very important for people to understand because Zoho One is a bundle of nearly 50 or more of our apps, okay? But you pay per employee. You don't pay per user. In general, in SaaS products, you either pay per user or you pay per organization. This is now per employee. So if you're a one-person business, you pay 450 rand XVAT per month, okay, and you get more than 50 of Zoho's apps at enterprise level. And you, you see, so you can have two, three, and as your business grows, you know it's going to be an extra 450 rand XVAT per month per employee. Um, but you get all these apps at enterprise level. So just two of our applications in Zoho One, which is Zoho CRM and Zoho Desk, if you had to buy those together, it would cost you more than a thousand rand per user. But Zoho One gives you those apps within the bundle for 450 rand XVAT per employee per month. 
So it's the cost benefits that people are seeing. Um, and that's what South Africa needs. I mean, globally it's needed, but a lot of the businesses are now making, you know, seeing Zoho out there and understanding what we have to offer uh, and taking it on. Okay, nice. And it is a, it is an interesting one, you know, that ability to have um, a fixed price in, in the local currency. Um, definitely an issue because a lot of the time, you know, as a business, as 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 much as as soon as you start using a piece of software or a platform um, where the headquarters are outside of South Africa, you already are taking on um, some level of currency risk and it doesn't help that uh, there's been been so much weakness um, in the local currency. So definitely a good thing, um, you know, from that end. I do have to ask, this was something that I asked your team last week, and I think it does have some value, you know, to this conversation just around Technology companies, especially international ones, tend to have um, various functions when they enter a market like South Africa. Um, And a lot of the time, um, experience has taught us that a lot of it tends to be sales and that the actual developments tends to happen um, offshore. You know, um, earlier on, you did talk about the type of support uh, that you guys do give to the businesses that are using your platforms. Uh, but maybe you could talk to us just around um, what uh, the platform looks like in South Africa and, you know, how much of the development actually happens. If I, as let's say, Mudiwa Enterprises decide that I'm going to make use of Zoho and I need something that's custom built, how much of that is actually happening, you know, here? as opposed to in Prague or something like that. Yeah. So at this point in time, all our development happens out of India. And mainly we've got a massive campus in Chennai, India. There's about 10,000 staff and like about six, seven buildings um, in this campus. I mean, and just so you can picture it, I mean, there's like, there's a clinic there for the staff. There's a creche for people's children. There's a gym. There's, there's dormitories. People can actually live on on campus at the offices. I mean, it's incredible when you go and you see it. Um, so all the development is currently happening there so that we can keep the security and, and everything else in place. The, the, the view or the vision is to eventually become more global. And by that, I mean, is the local country offices are going to be doing all the customer-facing functions. So your marketing, your PR, your sales, um, your uh, your professional services, your partner account managers. Um, uh, we've also got your support in South Africa. We've hired four people, but we're rapidly hiring more people to to have South Africans support South Africans. Um, and the, the 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 one thing that we want to do within South Africa is we want to give people the ability to code products and put them on Zoho's marketplace. And so there is the ability now for someone to actually code something on Zoho Creator and put it onto Zoho's marketplace and sell it globally. There's also the ability for people to to build integrations. So if they find a a need for, let's say, a very unique WhatsApp integration, they can go and build it on our developer platform and then sell it in our marketplace, which companies have actually done. Uh, And uh, I do know of a company that built an integration on our marketplace and then sold it for an undisclosed amount of money, but it would have been a large amount of money. And they built a a SMS um, integration platform 
um, on and put it on our marketplace. So there's huge advantages or I suppose abilities for people locally to actually build products on top of our platform as a service. Um, and then, you know, we want to do a lot of upskilling and training. Um, we're busy speaking to the Department of um, uh, the Department of Communications and Digital Technologies, South African government. We're looking at partnering with them to do upskilling programs and to be part of the National Development Plan. Um, there's a massive demand for skills um, on with, with Zoho skill sets. So we are happy to offer and train people up on that. All right. I want to end off today's discussion, um, maybe turning our attention to investment. And when I say investment, I'm talking about technology investment. There's a lot going on in the world of technology. That's a fast-moving space. Um, and perhaps a, and perhaps a good place, you know, uh, to start this part um, as we're landing the conversation is around AI. Probably the biggest password in technology right now. Um, everyone and their cat is involved in uh, in, in AI right now, uh, and especially generative AI has been a big, um, you know, has been has proven quite popular. And I think it's mainly because, um, you know, for once, you know, the public was able to take part in this thing. Something like your chat GPT was able to show the ordinary person what this technology can do for them. So on your end, I think you alluded to, you know, AI earlier on in the in the discussion. What's the strategy around um, AI? What's the use of AI you know, is it something that is a focus? Is it something that is fringe? Is it something that, um, you know, people should be paying closer attention to? You know, what are you seeing? You know, your thoughts around that. So Zoho has actually been developing AI for more than 10 years. So it's a department that we've been putting a lot of focus and effort into. And it comes down to Zoho's core values, which is privacy and security. So we want um, AI to, first of all, maintain a secure environment and for it to be privacy-focused, but it must also it must help uh, our customers. So it needs to help staff. It, AI, I don't think, is ever going to replace people, but what it needs to do is it needs to, it needs to um, you know, uh, empower your staff to be able to operate more efficiently. And so the AI that we've built into Zoho, uh, we call it Zia, which is Zoho's intelligent assistant. And it can be anything from using natural language processing, like saying to Zia, Zia, please show me the sales revenue for this month. And Zia will build you a graph and a dashboard based on that. You could say, Zia, what's our number one top selling product? And it will show you that. Other examples of the AI would be sentiment analysis. So the AI can also then pick up with your customer survey feedback, whether it was positive, neutral, or negative feedback. You can also pick it up in Zoho Desk. When people are emailing support, you can also pick up the sentiment analysis. Another thing that the AI does is we've got a very powerful search engine with Zoho called Zia Search. And you can basically go and type in, let's say, John Smith. But Zia is going to go and search through all the Zoho applications that are connected to each other as well as looking into your scanned documents. So it, use, it uses optical character recognition to see if John Smith is in a scanned document. And it then provides you with this you know, feedback of everywhere, like whether it's in Zoho Project or Zoho Desk or Zoho CRM or Zoho Mail or Zoho Work Drive where your documents are kept. Um, it's incredibly powerful there. We're also going to um, include and integrate 
open AI like ChatGPT, where it can add an extra amount of, you know, let's say AI to give you suggestions on writing a document in Zoho Writer or responding to an email on Zoho CRM. It's going to give you suggestions. Um, Another powerful, and I'm going to just keep it short, so one more powerful AI thing that we've built is you can have a little chat widget built onto your website through Zoho Desks. It's a feature called ASAP. And customers can come onto your website, and when they click on that little widget, it will give them your standard you know, live chat option. But it will also give you the option to chat to Zia. And when you chat to Zia, Zia is going to go and look through all your articles in your knowledge base. So all your frequently asked questions, all the articles that you build um, you know, for your business to help your customers, Zia is going to go and search for the right article and suggest it to your customer. So these are the types of AI that we've got built in place uh, and those are keeping on progressing with with regards to AI. But again, it's privacy-focused, security-focused, and it's it's focused on empowering our customers and and, and their staff. And when it comes to the AI uh, question, you've spoken about a number of integrations and a lot of... um, a number of uh, platforms and solutions that you guys already have and how, you know, AI is already being used in those spaces. Does does that use of AI require additional, I guess, training and learning on the part of your customers or does it, or is it something that is, uh, can I say intuitive? Yes. So Zoho always focuses on being user-friendly and intuitive. So, for example, you would just use you know, natural language. You would type in, you know, Zia, show me the revenue for this month, and Zia will build the graph for you. Um, you can also even invite Zia to chat between staff in a chat group on Zoho Click. You can also invite ChatGPT as well. You know, so you can actually ask the AI questions within a group chat um, in your messaging app. And then the the other thing I wanted to to mention was um, is Zoho Analytics, which is a very powerful business intelligence tool. And what Zoho Analytics allows you to do is you can bring in a lot of data and metrics from many different sources and create dashboards. And Forrester, the research company, showed that if companies are insights-driven businesses, whereas if they use their their metrics and their dashboards um, to make day-to-day business decisions, they can grow 10 times faster than the global economy. So that's about, on average, 30% per year these companies can grow if they put all their data into these dashboards and make business business decisions based on that data. And what Zoho Analytics allows you to do is it's got Zia Insights. And this is our AI that will go and look at your dashboards and pick out little bits of insights. It'll tell you, oh, look, look between 2022 and 2023, there was this change in your revenue. Or look, you know, between, you know, um, 2021 and 2023, you, you got this in your marketing. Okay. And that's what we call Zia Insights. But the next level is quite exciting. It's going to be called Zia Suggestions. Zia will then look through your business data and suggest where you can improve your business. So Zia might look at your data and go, you should maybe spend more money advertising on Facebook rather than Google, or you should consider spending less money here and more money there. And so that's a very exciting and powerful feature that's coming out in the next few weeks or so. 
So again, AI is there to you know empower and assist businesses and not replace staff. All right. I think where we can end off now that we have an understanding of uh, where you guys sit on the AI front and the different um, you know ways in which it's happening and also uh, the intuitiveness is just around any other type of technology that you guys are investing in that you think um, what you call this that you think is important. I think earlier on you did allude to the fact that. Uh, as Zoho, you know, you are working to a place where it then becomes, you know, like a full ERP. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to technology, obviously, AI is a big thing. But, you know, are there any other types of technology that you want to highlight or that uh, are a big focus for the company? So, I mean, there's not necessarily one specific focus, but I think the Internet of Things is a, is a very exciting space where you can manage smart devices. So I'll give you an example. You could be mon- have a, a moisture sensor in the ground on a farm, and it can measure the you know the moisture in the in the soil, and then it will turn on the irrigation when and if need be, and you can monitor that from anywhere in the world. Likewise, you can manage the you can manage the thermostats within an office or in a data center. Um, so any smart device that you can that you can connect into Zoho IoT is going to be able to manage all of that. Um, and we're actually busy planning to build a hospital in India where a lot of our technology is going to be put in there to, to, to manage the hospital. So, you know, Zoho is not just building it and let's just test it with other companies. We use Zoho ourselves. You know, all of Zoho's applications, Zoho uses itself, um, including managing all our own data centers. We own, that's why we're so secure. We own from the data center, the servers, all the way through to the applications. We manage and control the whole stack. And that allows us to be, number one, more um, affordable in our offerings and also be far more secure. Um, and so, yeah, IoT, I think, would be a, an interesting place uh, you know, where, we, where we're venturing. Um, but again, I mean, we've got finance tools. We've got everything that we're focusing on and making things more localized. You know, we want tools that are built for the country that, we're, that we've got customers in. So a South African version of Zoho Books is, is soon, soon to come out. Um, we've got our global version that many South African businesses are using, but we want to make it more specific to the region and have things like a direct SARS integration, which we're currently working on. All right. So that's where we end off uh, today's discussion. It has been a really great one. Uh, talking to Andrew Bourne, who is uh, from uh, Zoho, um, and he is looking after the Africa, you know, the Africa region. Um, and we began where he was talking about the fact that he was the first Zoho, um, you know, employee for Africa and has been able to grow out, um, you know, the business from that point, helping to set up, you know, offices in a place like uh, South Africa, starting in Cape Town and now, um, you know, Johannesburg and uh, the company journey um, on the continent uh, ever since then. A lot of the development is, uh, you know, happening, um, you know, in India. But um, one of the things that has been quite interesting is hearing he mentioned Zoho Create quite a bit, um, you know, uh, earlier on, um, you know, which is one of their platforms that allows for, for, for people, you know, c- to customize the platform.
platforms, you know, in their in their own way. They have a number of different applications uh, that he, you know, spoke to us about, um, you know, such as uh, customer relationship management, uh, you know, software, um, you know, and the like. And the goal, you know, is to have a full ERP or enterprise uh, resource management, uh, you know, system um, uh, that will all come from um, that will all come from Zoho. And what was interesting was hearing the difference between. Uh, small and larger organizations. I think at the beginning he did mention the fact that um, the smaller businesses are usually able to, let's say, get onto a platform like Zoho and just say, "Okay, cool. This is what I'm choosing, you know, as my as my platform, and you know, I'll run everything from here." Whereas with your larger organizations, there tends to be um, the legacy component that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, so yeah, a bit slower on that front, but you know, we do see organizations still you know favoring to have um you know one provider you know uh, managing you know most parts of their business i think that is a a big uh, piece um of that conversation also talking and he gave us uh, a nice case study of the city of johannesburg and how they are using their platform and uh, also getting into discussions around ai and some of the other you know areas of technology um that they are investing in and we ended off talking about the internet of things and he says that's definitely going to be a big area of focus going forward so that's been it andrew thank you so much for being with us today great thank you for having me And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from my Myself and the rest of the team. It is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.